So we had a little talk about these uh, prayers, the Shastaka, the eight prayers of Chaitanya uh, Mahaprabhu. So just to, um, these these eight prayers are um, in a sequence that leads us to higher, higher in stages or levels of advancement in Krishna consciousness. And here in this, this little chart here, they have been uh, by uh, uh, associated uh, with these levels uh, by Bhakti Lothakur. So that the uh, first uh, uh, the prayers signifies uh, uh, Shraddha. Because here this is this is from the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. There's this verse that's at the top which tells these stages or succession. The, the word and the last word in this verse is Kramaha. This is the chronological the chronological order or the sequence of steps or stages in the advancement up to uh, the goal Krishna Prema. So it says in the beginning Shraddha uh, uh, preliminary faith uh, turned towards spiritual advancement and, and at least enough uh, interest to investigate further. So it's not very strong faith but at least there's an interest and so in the beginning there must be Shraddha. Uh, and then uh, the next prayer, beginning Nam Namakari Bahuda, indicates the, the, uh, these stages, Sadhu uh, Sangha and Anarta Nirviti. Uh, that is to say, uh, uh, becoming free from unwanted things. Anartha is something that's valuable, so Anartha is something that you don't want. You want to uh, shuffle off these, discard these things you don't want. Sadhu Sangha in association of devotees, because that's the next stage. Sadhu Sangha. So this, according to Bhaktivinoda second prayer is about this Sadhu Sangha, Bhajana Kriya, Anartha Nivritti, you are Bhajana Kriya means you are doing bhajan, you're practicing uh, devotional service. Sadhu Sangha in the association of sadhus, uh, devotees, or at least saintly people. Uh, and by that you have anartha nirvritti. So th- there's actually three things. They didn't, all three didn't fit in my charts. <laughs> the, these next three things are, are together. And then if that's successful, then uh, there should be. Uh, nishta bhajana, uh, the stage of nishta, which means being fixed or well established uh, uh, in, 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 in devotional service, Krishna consciousness. Then the next stage you see is this ruchi. Uh, uh, ruchi means a taste. For the object of ruchi are the activities of devotional service that you now find them so delightfully enjoyable that given the choice, here you can sit down and 
read Srimad Bhagavatam, or you can watch the next installment of House of Cards on, <laughs> uh, 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 on um, HBO or whatever it is. Uh, you you know you'd rather do the the Bhagavatam. <laughs> that's the, that's the, that's the ruchi <laughs> uh, aspect of it. Uh, so there's a real taste because because by becoming purified, then uh, s- spiritual feelings have begun to come about. They, you don't know where they come from, but somehow inside these feelings start to appear that seem like you've always had them and never knew they were there, and they, they kind of uh, 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 this takes place. And then, then, then uh, uh, after that, asakti, which is stronger. Uh, it's translated here as attachment, but it actually st- strongly means addiction. Uh, that that and this addiction, the object of of, of ruchi are the activities of devotional service, but the object of asakti is Krishna Himself. Uh, uh, that's who you start to become attracted to. Uh, and now you're reaching what are called the, the perfectional stages when you come to this Krishna Sakti. This is the transition from the stage of practice to the stage of actual uh, spiritual attainment. And that's followed by uh, bhava, uh, which are the, 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 the feelings of uh, uh, ecstasy. The word bhava in Sanskrit with a short a just means existence, but with a long a, bhava is a state of being or a state of mind, a state of consciousness or an emotion. So these bhavas are translated as ecstasies, they're spiritual feelings or spiritual emotions which have these symptoms that describe tears start to uh, pour out of the eyes, hair starts to stand on end because of the strength of these particular spiritual feelings. And then uh, the last two verses are actually with those when that bhava becomes enriched by other things it becomes prema, uh, uh, pure love. And the, 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 in the Shishastika prayers the, the second to last uh, penultimate prayer is Vipralamba prema, prema in separation. Separation comes first. And then finally, uh, uh, prema in union, prema bhajana samboga in, in union. Uh, so that, that this, these Sisatika prayers take us step by step up this uh, uh, ladder of development according to this verse that's so that should we I think we, we went through that and discussed that before. So now let's look at the first prayer. Should we chant these again? Or do we have time? So what what uh, I'll just we'll just chant the first prayer this time. So just why don't you uh, well, I'll I'll say it and you can say it after me. Chetu dharpana majanam bhava mahadhavagni nirvapanam. Chetu dharpana majanam bhava mahadhavagni nirvapanam. Shreya kailava chandrika vitaranam 
Vidyabhujivanam Shreya Kairava Chantrika Vitanam Vidyabhujivanam Anandam Buddhi Vardanam Fatipadam Purnam Rittashvadanam Anandam Buddhi Vardanam Pratipadam Purnam Rittashvadanam Sarvatmasnapanam Param Vijayate Shri Krishna Sankirtanam Sarvatmasnapanam Param Vijayate Shri Krishna Sankirtanam So the translate, let there be all victory for the chanting of the holy name of Lord Krishna, which can cleanse the mirror of the heart and stop the miseries of the blazing fire of material existence. That chanting is the waxing moon that spreads the white lotus of good fortune for all living entities. It is the life and soul of all education. The chanting of the holy name of Krishna expands the blissful ocean of transcendental life it gives a cooling effect to everyone and enables one to taste full nectar at every step. When every time you have a translation, it slices through, gets, gets you know, a big chunk of the meaning and leaves some behind because of the many different things in the Sanskrit that's hard to unpack when, when, you, when you translate it. Uh, so I want to go through these. So these are, this also kind of rehearses these the stages of, of Krishna consciousness. Now the, the reason this indicates Shraddha is here you have Lord Chaitanya saying if you practice Sri Krishna Sankirtana, this is what will happen. We should believe it. <laughs> that's why it's Shraddha. Yeah, maybe that's true. <laughs> Let's see what happens. You know, this is, so he's, he's saying this is what will happen. The, quite confidentially, if you go through these stages uh, with this Sri uh, Krishna Sankirtana, the Sanskrit, this verse is the most uh, uh, like high level Sanskrit poetics because you notice it rhymes. Uh, marjanam, Nivapanam, Vitaranam, Jivanam, Vardanam. That's it. When, when Sanskrit starts to rhyme, then you're into really high-level poetics. Uh, usually rhyme is not so important until you're really breaking through to a very emotional level, <laughs> you see, in Sanskrit poetics. But the, the interesting thing about this, the, the, this, this particular verse, because of the nature of Sanskrit, uh, word order doesn't really count so much. Because it's, it's uh, the, the technical term, it's inflected. In other words, whether something is a subject or, or, or an object, direct object, doesn't depend upon word order, but the ending of the words change. German is like that. Older languages, English used to be like that, but they lose inflection. Uh, so like if you say, uh, the boy bit the dog, you know that the that the, that that the uh, the boy is the biter and the dog is the bitten. If you say the dog bit the boy, then it's the other way around. It all depends upon word order. But if you take an inflected language, the the, uh, the boy w- would have one kind of ending, uh, and the dog would have another kind of ending. And whether one is the subject or the object would be by the ending. And you could the word order doesn't matter. 
So in Sanskrit it's like that. And so what you really have here is the subject of the sentence. The sentence is itself, Vijayate Shri Krishna Sankirtanam. Let there be victory for Shri Krishna Sankirtanam. Uh, and what does that mean, that victory or that that uh, that uh, uh, supremacy when it becomes supreme? These things follow. So what you do is you have a bunch of predicates and you really don't know what you're talking about until you get to the very end of the verse. Mm-hmm. Well, it has a really interesting effect. You're sort of in suspension and then it builds up because here's again a sequence. Chieto Dharpanamajanam. When the, the when Sankirtan, that is to say, uh, well, let's look at this word Sankirtan because usually, uh, well, it has changed meanings over the years. Uh, go out in the street and collect money is sometimes Sankirtan. <laughs> I remember when I was uh, put in charge of supervised the Detroit Temple. And I was uh, uh, there for the, the first time in that capacity as a GBC. Um, I was sitting talking to the temple president and a brahmachari, who's in this community now, Bajibihari, uh, uh, I think it was named Arjuna, I think, or something like that. He came up, he came up to me while I was talking with the temple president and he said, we want to go to the airport and distribute some books. Can we have the van? And the temple president said, no, we need it for Sankirtan. Meaning a party was going to go out and sell, sell uh, baseball hats or something outside of a, 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 gig, a baseball game and collect money. And I realized, my God, the meaning of Sankirtan has changed. <laughs> Uh, we're trying to change it back, <laughs> but, but sometimes this thing happens. But but the the, the word kirtan means to glorify or chant, uh, uh, and the, the 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 prefix san is a kind of uh, intensifier, and it has two meanings together when things are done together. So sankirtan means when the when the Lord is glorified together, and so therefore the translation congregational chanting. But the other way thing that San indicates is something which is done thoroughly or completely or perfectly. Uh, that's the other meaning. So both meanings are in play here. Uh, uh, but this is so this when it says this Sri Krishna Sankirtana means not just kirtan but sankirtan this it's emphasized that this is thoroughgoing or complete or perfectly done that this uh, Sankirtan and that when it's done it's Vijayate let it be victorious this let it be is a kind of a blessing let it be victorious <laughs> it's like a, giving a blessing so then what happens is Shetal Darpanamarjanam is the the the, the heart, which is like a mirror, is cleansed. Uh, the heart is considered to be a mirror. Or cheta, it says here heart, it can also be the mind, or, you know, your consciousness really, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it is, needs to be cleansed. It's, it's dirty. 
it's like a dirty mirror. When it when it's clean, uh, it reflects God. But when it comes besmirched uh, by the modes of material nature and other impositions on it, then you can't see. So the first effect of this chanting will be the dirt starts to disappear. So once the preliminary sign of some advancement in Krishna consciousness is you start to see the modes of passion and the modes of ignorance decreases. Uh, passion meaning lust, anger, lust and greed, uh, acquisitiveness, uh, uh, like that. And then anger, uh, uh, laziness, sloth, those things, they, they start to go away. Because, because spiritual advancement is that these things should happen, uh, and then at least the material mode of goodness starts to become uh, a basis because this, this, this sattva is the preliminary requirement uh, for spiritual advancement. Uh, that also happens if you properly uh, practice Asanga Yoga. Uh, one, one, one becomes starts to become fixed in uh, sattva guna, the material mode of, of goodness. Then there's further advancement, but this is the sort of platform one needs to be on in the material world. We're talking about the development of consciousness, that is to say the capacity to have spiritual experience. Every, we all have that capacity, but it's right now it's been occluded and blocked by all these other things. So the different things that one practices, like the, the uh, regulative, regulative principles, the yamas and niyamas, uh, are those things which foster uh, this cleansing. Uh, and these rules are not just in the realm of morality, they're in, in the, the realm of knowledge, cognitive. So we've got a division, you know, this is about right action and this is about knowledge. They don't matter. You can go to school, you get your PhD in some subject, become brilliant, and be a total creep in every other aspect of life and horrible to everybody. It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect your work. Well, that may be true about certain aspects of material or technical knowledge, but when it comes to spiritual consciousness and direct spiritual perception, this is what matters. And because of that, People today, when they think of, of spiritual knowledge, they think of something, you know, a revelation or something very special or secret or, that nobody has, but they just don't know how to do it. But the, the, that's why Prabhupada would use this phrase, you know, the science of self-realization. Science means you do certain things, you should get some, some predictable results. Uh, and so... Uh, this is the first. One should see. And I remember listening to a lecture by Prabhupada. He, would, he said, are lust, greed, and anger diminishing? He says, if they're not, you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. So this, this should be the, 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 this first effect. So when it says, let there be all victory for the chanting of the holy name of Lord Krishna, that 
but first, so you know what they're talking about. You're talking about, then can cleanse the mirror of the heart. That should start to be happening, and then the second uh, uh, sign, Bhavamaha Davagni Nirvapadam. These are these are these big Sanskrit compounds. You see how in the English they got hyphens in between them. Uh, you can do that in Sanskrit. You can like take a bunch of words and just put them together like a big box car. And it's convenient because you can you don't have to worry so much about the you don't have to worry about the grammatical endings. So this Bhava Mahadavagni Navapanam, just like Chaitadavana Majanam, is really one big word. And to read a Sanskrit compound, you start at the end and work backwards usually, not always. Uh, so it extinguishes uh, uh, the Davagni. Uh, 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 the wildfire or blazing fire, Maha, the great blazing uh, fire uh, of Baba, here with a short A, existence, material existence. Uh, so that is to say that the experience of material existence is that like being trapped in a forest fire. You're suffering, and there's no way out. You read these accounts of sometimes firefighters who get trapped, you know. The fire's coming all around and looking how to get out. You, you can't, uh, you can't uh, uh, find, find a way out. You know you're going to die, you know. That's, we all know we're going to die, right? We're in the material world and we're trapped. There's no way out. And we're suffering so many things. Because meanwhile, you know, there's soot coming in your lungs and heat and so on. Uh, the so-called three-fold, four-fold miseries, you know, the body, the mind, all these things that, that uh, get to you from other living beings, from your own self. Uh, uh, so this is this is uh, so. Uh, uh, and so, so therefore, the, the, the actual comparison uh, is, is like uh, a rain, a cloud of rain comes and suddenly like a miracle, psh, and when you have a blazing forest fire, you cannot stop it by any means, but if somehow or other the rain comes, it's over, you're safe. So anyway, this is, this is the comparison that you, one should see as the consciousness becomes clear, one stops suffering from the pangs of material existence. This is characteristic of anyone not just situated in the material mode of goodness. The, the symptom, you know, the, of the three modes of nature, the Prabhupada summarized that there's three classes of people. One is happy, one is active, and one is hopeless or helpless, right? Mode of ignorance is helpless. Mode of passion is active. And mode of, uh, mode of goodness is happy. So one is in the material mode of goodness is a happy person. Just by their own consciousness. And that happiness is, comes from the mode of goodness. So even in the midst of all kinds of difficult things, you're not really that disturbed except you may be disturbed by seeing that other people are unhappy, but otherwise for yourself, 
they're quite satisfied. Uh, those who are motivated by the mode of pa passion, whatever they get, it's not enough. They want more. They have to have more. They're like Donald Trump. You know what? <laughs> you can't just get enough, whatever it is. You know, and in the process of getting it, you've been horrible to so many people, <laughs> and they're all trying to get back at you. And <laughs> anyway, you, uh, and then. Uh, and then um, motive, 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 ignorance is dim awareness, laziness, sloth, drug addiction, all these other kind of things that you basically just get along by killing your consciousness completely. This is a motive, ignorance. So these, this ignorance and passion, they are reduced, and therefore uh, you begin to immediately feel relief from material suffering. Uh, uh, so then, uh, the next Shreya Kairava Chandrika Vipranam. This is a very, it's, this, it's a little complicated. So, it, it, it is that Vipranam, that which spreads, Chandrika means moonlight. Uh, where does it spread it? Kairava. Kairava, they call it here a white lotus. Technically, it's a lily. <laughs> Lotuses bl uh, bloom uh, under the sunlight. But there's a night blooming lily, white lily, that grows in India. I actually found pictures of it on the internet. <laughs> it's, technically, it's a lily. Uh, that, that opens in the moonlight at night. It's extraordinarily fragrant. And like the whole forest will get perfumed by this, 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 this night-blooming uh, lily, which is called a kairava. And this is Shreya of our ultimate good fortune. Uh, Shreya... The, uh, Shreyas is an immediate benefit, and Shreyas is an ultimate benefit. So this is our ultimate benefit. And this actually indicates an awakening to a very active uh, spiritual life. You start to have uh, direct experience, a direct perception of some kind, of preliminary perception of, of, of Krishna and your relationship with Krishna. This is what Sankirtan does at the next stage. It makes this possible, this experience, so that Sankirtan is like this moonlight that opens, makes this night-blooming white lotus of our good fortune uh, open up, bloom, and spread its fragrance everywhere. That's, see, it's all packed into these little... Uh, uh, words like this. Uh, and Prabhupada puts in the translation for all living entities. Again, this is Lord Chaitanya saying this is for everybody. Uh, and then the next one, uh, Vidya Vadu Jivanam, uh, uh, which is translated here, the life and soul of all education, which has to leaves out the uh, conjugal metaphor that's in here because jivanam uh, the enlivener 
Jiva is life, so Jivanam, what gives life to. Vadu is a bride or young wife of Vidya, uh, spiritual knowledge, transcendental knowledge. Uh, I said this is about education, <laughs> this is about knowledge. Vidya awakens. So the, the metaphor is that Sankirtan is like the bridegroom who, uh, who gives, enlivens the, his, his bride uh, who is transcendental knowledge. So it's awakening of transcendental knowledge which is compared, we've got a, like a, a conjugal relationship is, is, is built into there. Uh, that's uh, 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 as, as the me- metaphorically. So Vidyavadu Jivanam, a simple one here, right? So now it's talking about a real uh, 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 state of, of, of quite advanced spiritual. Uh, realization. Uh, anandam buddhi vardhanam. Uh, vardhanam means increasing. Uh, 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 Ambuddhi is an ocean of ananda. So that the, that the pleasure that one feels is like an ocean of pleasure, of happiness, of bliss. And it always increases. It's not like, you know, here's the maximum bliss you can feel. <laughs> However great it is, there's always more. But there's a dynamic going on. Uh, 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 because it's a relationship with Krishna. And it's a very active relationship. Um, When I was in New Vrindavan for a John Mosley celebration, and Prabhupada was looking at the deities there, uh, Radha Vrindavan Chandra, very beautiful deities, <coughs> and looking at them, he said, So when Radha looks at Krishna, uh, 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 she sees how beautiful Krishna is. And when she sees how beautiful Krishna is, her joy increases. And because her joy increases, her beauty increases. Because uh, Radha and Krishna are in spiritual bodies. In the spiritual body, there's no difference between the soul and the body, the mind and the soul, the mind and the body. So generally, somebody's happy, they look better. But it can only go so far. Because <laughs> the mind is one thing and the a body is a, a gross body is another thing, but in a sp- spiritual case, if your joy increases, beauty increases. So Radharani, when she looks at Krishna, sees how beautiful he is. Her beauty increases, and when Krishna, Prabhupada goes on, when Krishna sees that Radharani has become more beautiful, his joy increases. And then his beauty increases even more, and then she sees that he has become even more beautiful. Her happiness increases, and so it goes, he says, without any stop. It's always increasing. No upper limit. 
Uh, and of course, by saying kirtan, we have an interest to participate in that in some capacity or another. That's what it says one joins Krishna's pastimes in so many different variegated ways. Uh, all the different flavors of happiness are there and they're all increasing and uh, Krishna wants us to join in and take part. We have something to contribute, believe it or not. At least somehow really wants us to be part of it. Okay, so, and then uh, Pratipadam, step by step, Purnamrittasvadanam. Uh, one has a taste of full amrita, full nectar, step by step. In other words, always going on. Uh, there's another translation of this that was done by Bhakti Siddhanta. Uh, with every uh, bead, <laughs> step by step, with every 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 time you chant the Hare Krishna mantra, it increases. You know, <laughs> it tastes like that. So it goes on. And there, then it says, Sarvatma Snapanam. Uh, Atma Snapanam means bathing of the self. Uh, uh, Sarva. Here it's translated for everyone. Uh, uh, or for the whole self, you could say, also. When, when, when uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur comments on this, he says, you can ask the question, how can such happiness and joy not be making one selfish and greedy? He said, because of this, it's purifying. It's like a bath that purifies you. And so the whole self entirely is cleansed. So there's no inauspicious thing. Usually if we get some happiness, we get greedy for it and try to protect it and keep other things away. This doesn't happen. So he says it answers that question. Or that is this Sarvatma Snapana, which is you're completely immersed in this ocean uh, of, of bliss. And then he says this here, Param, you know, like, that to me, it's just uh, like saying, wow. <laughs> this single word, Param, uh, is uh, almost like, like an exclamation. Uh, it's supreme, it's transcendental, and therefore Vijaya Chayasi Krishna Sankirtanam. So, so this, this is this is how Lord Chaitanya uh, expresses uh, this. Uh, what happens when with when there's Sri Krishna Sankirtanam? And that's why this is said to represent the stage of Shraddha. He's probably saying it. And Shraddha, as Prabhupada describes it, Ado Shraddha, in the beginning there should be at least some preliminary uh, uh, faith. Enough to say, well, let me try it and see what happens. I mean, when I first started, okay, let me, I was simple enough to get a set of beads and chant on them, you know? It's not like taking LSD, which you don't know what that's doing here. So it looks pretty harmless. So let's try and see what happens. That's enough of an interest to, to begin. And then, of course, as one progresses, 
uh, one's confidence or faith will become stronger and stronger and stronger. Uh, ultimately, there's a definition of faith in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, which is that strong conviction that by uh, by practicing Krishna consciousness or engaging in Krishna consciousness, a sarva karma kritikor, then everything else will automatically take care of itself. Because you would say, if you, if you really want to, 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 to invest so much energy and time in your spiritual life, well, you know, you may not be able to devote so much other times to like making money or this or education or all these other things. Won't I be losing out? And now the confidence is that if you get this, then sarva karma kutum, everything else you could ever want will take place. Uh, Prabhupada uh, says as, as an example that, that as in his household or life, you know, he received this order very early on, uh, the first meeting he had with Bhakti Siddhanta to preach in the West. And then Prabhupada said, so I thought, because he was maintaining a family, I would do business so I could uh, have some money. So when I went to the West, I, I could, I could uh, uh, you know, be able to finance. And so he was doing business. Uh, he was a distributor for a, a, a pharmaceutical, yeah, a pharmacy and a distributorship. And then Prabhupada said, but Krishna made me a business failure. <laughs> That's what he said. Uh, uh, and he, Prabhupada, because he's very humble, he said, I was foolish, I thought I needed to do this stuff. And, and then, then when he finally came to America, he really had no money. You know, even he had more than he brought, but he came over with 40 rupees because that's all the Indian government would let him take out. They had restrictions, you couldn't do it. And with his 40 rupees, nobody in America, no bank in America would exchange it for even the $7 it was then worth. You know, so he really came here completely penniless. And even there were some people who were willing to donate money to him from India but the Indian government wouldn't let it be transferred out of the country. And he didn't need the money. As it turned out, <laughs> I mean, it just started. You know, I, we, our, whole, our whole movement was so underfinanced <laughs> by all means, but somehow or other, whatever he had, it, it, it came. So that's this faith that means that you just, you, you just practice this main thing, and you don't have to worry about the other things. Uh, and, and Krishna says that in the Bhagavad Gita that, that if you practice this uh, practice Krishna consciousness Krishna says yoga shema baham yaham I will carry the burden of their yoga shema uh, uh, the word yoga in its, in its most unspiritual meaning means getting what you need I mean, yoga means to connect so yoga shema uh, is is like in Sanskrit. It also works as a kind of a mundane sense of yoga, meaning uh, uh, getting what you need, and shema meaning protecting what you have. 
It says in the Sanskrit dictionary that shemate is a benediction to a vaisha. May your wealth be safely kept. So your yoga and shema, getting what you need and keeping what you have safely protected. Uh, uh, and in the translation of that in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, he gives you, Prabhupada says uh, in the commentary, he gives you everything you need for your spiritual advancement and protects you from falling down. But when talking about it in lectures, he says he gives you all your material necessities and also preserves that, uh, protects you for it. Uh, and, and, and Prabhupada's own life is an example of that. Uh, uh, so that's that's the idea of this this ado shraddha this faith. One should have this this kind of confidence. And of course, if we embark on this, we see it works. Then you're encouraged to let me let me keep going with it and let me see what, what I want. So anyway, this is this first prayer indicating this this stage of of. of uh, uh, of, uh, of shraddha or faith, because this is this is uh, Lord Chaitanya's uh, benediction. If you start on this, this will happen. What, any questions about that, or you want to bring up? And and then, of course, as you go on, we'll get to some of these other things too. But this is a. Uh, and you should remember that there's no loss. You know, if, if I make so much spiritual advancement, uh, we see in the Krishna consciousness where people make a start and they come to some obstacle and they, they give up. But whatever progress one makes, it's yours. And even if, uh, if, if, I, if, I, if I make, uh, you know, 15% progress in my spiritual life and that's it, uh, next birth, I'll start at 15%. But you may wonder why things are sometimes unevenly distur- distributed, you know, but that's why. It's a continuation. In this, there's no loss. Your money you lose, whatever else you had in this life, the time of death, it's all stripped away. But, but, uh, but this, this spiritual advancement, you can pick up again where you, where you leave off. In, in, in this way. Quick question about the Sanskrit. So you're saying that param is not associated, not connected in. Uh, with you can connect it to every single one of them, right? right? But I'm uh, but I'm saying it's not just directly connected with sarvatma, snapanam, or vijayate shukrishna. Well, it would be in the compound. All, yeah. It's a separate. Yeah. yeah, it's just like param. You yeah. know, like wow. <laughs> That's uh, param means the highest. You know. Uh, transcendental or supreme, you know, the greatest. So it's just, it's just sort of sitting there. Uh, I don't have with me now the other translation. I bring it up. Anyway. I didn't put it on the news. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, I guess is there kind of like a, what something comes first like first you must have faith and then chant the holy name for it to have the effect of cleansing the heart or does just chanting 
instill that, plant that seed of faith. I think so. What's the second point? Or, or, does, or does just by chanting, even without faith, plant the seed of faith in your heart? Well, you know, just to try it is something. Well, at least it's, you know, it's like a preliminary interest. Let me see. See what happens. Uh, let me let me let me let me let me, uh, let me try it out. Uh, and whatever people do is good. Uh, and so it can be that kind of preliminary faith. But as one develops, this shraddha becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. Probably because you have some some results are there. Uh, and, and, and so uh, sometimes your advancement is, is, is talking about the, the strength of your shraddha because we say faith but it's more like uh, conviction you know? and, 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 and so one's conviction becomes stronger and stronger and stronger uh, I, I myself at a, at a certain point in, in, in Krishna consciousness I, I realized that I was completely convinced about the process of Krishna consciousness. Absolutely convinced. I just had no doubt about it. And because I had a lot of academic training, it freaked me out. <laughs> because I thought, you know, you have no right to be so convinced. You know? Uh, everything is doubtable, and, uh, and, and if it's something is certain, it means that... Uh, you know, it's like saying a circle is round. It's true by definition. Then you can be sure. But otherwise, you know, everything is doubtable. And I thought, I, I, how did I have the, this right to be so convinced? But I realized it was there. And at that time, there was a, a disciple of mine who was older than me. And she had a PhD in philosophy from Bryn Mawr. And she was living in Vrindavan. And she was really raised a very, very pious Christian. So I asked her what she thought about it. You know, I said, I have this, I have this conviction. And she said, well, it's a gift. <laughs> so I said, okay, well, I won't look a gift horse. <laughs> but it's a, it's a gift, you know. It's, it's just something that, that, that comes with it. And I learned to look. I do. I, I just have that absolute... A conviction anymore, and in some sense, I don't have any any, any right to it, but uh, uh, it's there, and I, I couldn't get rid of it if I wanted to at this point, you know. And so I'll accept it as a gift. Was that the same conversation where she was saying the difference between certainty? Yeah. Certainty well, this is this is this, somewhere this was introduced in Christian theology: certainty and certitude. That kind of conviction which arises out of spiritual practice is called certitude, where certainty is a kind of a logical conviction or a, a, a proof. You know, you. But you know, the trouble the trouble with proof is, uh, you know, uh, 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 if you ha- if you have a deductive argument, what and it's a valid deductive argument, is that if the premises are true then it's sure and certain that the conclusion is true. So notice there's an if. You know, the standard example, uh, uh, all men are mortal, Socrates is a man, therefore Socrates is mortal. That's a valid argument. 
Right? Well, suppose I'm Socrates and I don't like the conclusion. All the all the all the, the argument does is, is tell me what I need to do uh, uh, to I. To, to, to deny it. I just have to deny one of the premises. All men are mortal. How do you know all men are mortal? Have you seen everyone? Maybe I'm different. Have you counted every every person and see? And I have somebody tell me once I'm different. Or uh, Socrates is a man. How do you know I'm a man? Maybe I'm a god, you know. Anyway, you, you can always... Yeah, all, all a proof does is show you the price you have to pay to deny the conclusion. And the other kind of uh, logic, uh, inductive logic, is famously weak. All crows are black. That means you see one <laughs> black, this crow one is black, crow two is black, crow three is black, and after a while you stop counting. And even though every premise is true, the, you know, the tenth millionth crow comes along and it's, you know, white. Although you're stuck at that one too. So everybody knows inductive knowledge is, is, is weak. So, you, you know, there's just no certitude anywhere. And when you try to make it complete, you have a really hard time coming up with anything because you could every argument has its premises and you give more arguments you give more arguments and, you know infinite regress or a circle and then you don't know what the, whether what that stands for or not <laughs> you end up with something like that so so uh, this is this is you know to completely convince of anything on the basis of material purely material thinking is not going to work But there, there, there's a quality that happens with spiritual advancement. Now, and I don't think such conviction is fanaticism. Fanaticism, which we see a lot in spiritual circles, is an overcompensation for a lack of faith. You know, because when, when, when doubts are there, you have to deal with them. You can't just suppress them. And so a lot of people, what they do is, because they have tons of doubts, they just they just become a fanatic. Uh, it's got that strained force quality to it because you know belief there's a doubt that they have that they're not dealing with. So one should one should become uh, honest with oneself and, uh, and and for me what at least for myself what I did I mean I would encounter so many things that were hard to believe and I just put it in brackets. <laughs> at least that's my middle <coughs> bracket it and say okay I'll deal with this later you know but I, I would tell them yeah I don't know how this could be true or how that could be true and, and, and uh, so far you know things get cleared up <laughs> uh, and then you can move on to the next one uh, because, because Prabhupada said one thing about scripture he said, if you can doubt one thing, you can doubt the whole thing. And that's scary. Because it sounds like fundamentalism, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, 
because then I'm the judge. Then, then I'm the judge. I'm, I'm coming to 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 the process of Krishna consciousness because I'm imperfect, and I'm going to use my imperfect self to say, yeah, I accept this, and I don't accept that. I accept an authority, but once I start cherry picking the authority, I'm the authority. So th- then you're stuck again <laughs> where you were. So so. Uh, uh, there's always a, some kind of dynamic going on like that. And one should just be frank about it. Instead, instead of going into denial, become a, a fanatic, or the other way, a nihilist. But behind, underneath fanat, fanaticism is a kind of hidden nihilism. If you want to talk about the, another interesting thing that 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 I found in, in uh, Krishna conscious philosophy, it is which I have never run into anywhere in the in the West in an explicit form, although it's there in Saint Augustine, is the idea of buddhi, buddhi, which probably translates usually as intelligence. The, the subtle body, uh, manas buddhi ahankara, uh, mind, intelligence, and uh, Prabhupada translates it false ego, the wrong idea of yourself, your egoistic idea of yourself. I am the controller, I am the doer, I am the body. These are all false ideas, false identity that one acquires when you're embodied. And so, this idea of buddhi. Is is buddhi? It, what buddhi is 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 the agent for the correct placement of faith. Because it is not just me or us that have faith. All processes of knowledge begin in faith. The conviction that there is no god, absolutely as much an act of faith as saying there is a god. Uh, so, so uh, all processes of knowledge, they will, will begin by, by some kind of commitment to it, which is a faith that if I do this, I mean, and you, you, if you go into a university classroom, you sit down for the first time and you open your notebook and somebody gets out you've never met before and starts telling you about uh, ad- protons, electrons, neutrons, uh, and subatomic particles and all this stuff, which are metaphysical entities, because nobody, they're unseeable in principle, they're just theoretical, you know, they're just mathematical terms, but they tell you all about them, and you believe it. That's faith. And if you raise your hand and express your doubt, they say, well, we have, this is not religion, or we have experiments that prove it. Oh, let me do an experiment. Well, yeah, you can do the experiment, but you know, we, you, 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 have to, you have to learn it first before you can do the experiment. That's at least seven years, and we don't let anybody near this equipment until you know they're almost in the last year of graduate school. You're gonna gotta wait that long. So it's faith. Uh, they're, 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 so it's not, it's not that we're doing something nobody else does. People have put their faith somewhere. To t- under- undertake any course of action is, a, is some kind of faith. 
get married is a big act of faith. You know, all, the, all these things are commitments of faith, and you, you, you know. Uh, uh, so that's there. But there is an agent for the for the for the the the, 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 the placement of faith, which is this buddhi. Uh, and buddhi, according, you know, you can only explain it if you've already made the act of faith. But buddhi is the direction by which Paramatma, Super Soul, influences us or gives us inner direction or, or steers us uh, 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 properly or to whatever we want to get, actually. I mean, that sort of uh, responds like this. And uh, St. Augustine, in his epistemology, is termed the primacy of the will and knowledge. He says you don't know anything unless you're interested in it. So if you're not interested, you'll never see it. And Augustine points out that there can be cognition without recognition. You can see something and not recognize it, or knowledge without acknowledgement. So that's why people, because of their orientation of their, their intelligence, what they're interested in or not interested in, what's important, what's not important, people live in different worlds, practically. Even though there's the same umwelt or environment. And, and that, that, that's, that's buddhi. And that's why many places in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna consciousness is referred to as buddhi yoga. It's the intelligence for linking up with the Supreme. But you're not going to get away from faith. If you have absolutely no faith, you're paralyzed. You can't move. It's mental illness. Uh, uh, anyway, that's a little bit about. I mean, faith is a very interesting topic. But I spent enough time in philosophy courses to. <laughs> To uh, at, at least uh, you know learn how to doubt quite a bit. <laughs> Were there any more questions on that? And then maybe just cover one more verse. And yeah. Think that's it, but okay, yeah. you want to go to the next one? Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, let's chant this one together. Text, the second text. Nama Matari Bakuta Nidja Sarva Shaktis Nama Matari Bakuta Nidja Sarva Shaktis Tatrarpita Niyamita Smarane Nakalaha Tatrarpita Niyamita Smarane Nakalaha Etadrishitavakripa Bhagavan Mamapi Etadrishitavakripa Bhagavan Mamapi Durdaiva Midrishamiha Janina Nuragaha Durdaiva Midrishamiha Janina Nuragaha My Lord, O Supreme Personality of Godhead, in your holy name there is all good fortune for the living entity. And therefore, you have many names, such as Krishna and Govinda, by which you expand yourself. 
You have invested all your potencies in these, those names, and there are no hard and fast rules for remembering them. My dear Lord, although you bestow such mercy upon the fallen conditioned souls, by liberally teaching your holy name, I am so unfortunate that I commit offenses while chanting the holy name, and therefore I do not achieve attachment or chanting. This one is so strongly contrasted to the first one. The first one is like trumpet fanfare of great things, you know, and, and, and so on, you know, like, wow, this is what happened. And this one, he starts out uh, with the, with the, 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 uh, the good things. Eitadrisi uh, tavakipan. Thus, this is your mercy. And his mercy is First of all, nam nam akari bahuda. There are various kinds of names that you have manifested. Uh, very varieties of names. Uh, and therefore, Krishna Govinda in the translation. So Krishna has a plethora, plethora of names. Uh, for every activity of Krishna, there's a name. For every avatar of Krishna, there are names. There's hundreds of thousands of names. Uh, and Prabhupada uh, will accept Jesus as a name too, you know. Uh, uh, so, it's so many names. Uh, so then, Tartrapita, uh, 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 and in uh, the, the, those names, uh, you have placed uh, 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 Nija Sarvata Shaktis Tatarpita Namamakari Bahuda, right? The many names. And Nija Sarva Shaktis Tatarpita. And in those names, you have placed all your spiritual potencies. So these names are not just names, they are names that are inside of them, are spiritual powers. And they're there. So they've given us tons of names. You place your own spiritual energies in those names, sarva nidja sarva shakti. When you, 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 yeah, your own, all your own potencies are all kinds of personal potencies. So there's spiritual power in those names. Are not ordinary names. Uh, so you bestowed that. And then niyamata smarane nakalaha. Uh, th- and that in, in uh, uh, smarane remembering or reciting or thinking about, there's no niyamita, you know, yoga, yama, niyama. Uh, the, these, this stands for the whole rules and regulations uh, uh, that are very. You know, like if you read to practice yoga, first of all, you have to go to Sucha Deshe, you have to go to a holy place or a, at least a pure place. No cities, no, you have to go to the forest. This uh, uh, is in Pantanjali Yoga Sutra and the, the, these things. So uh, the, the, uh, the restrictions to remember them 
and kala, considerations of time, like for, for chanting the Brahma Gayatri mantra, Sri Sanja. Uh, you have to chant t- 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 a certain period of time uh, when, when, uh, the, when the sun is rising, when the sun is at midday, and when the sun is setting. And actually, if you don't do it the right time, then it'll work. Uh, and, and so, for, for so many of these spiritual practices, there's this. So, you, you put your potencies in there, and basically, the idea is you've made it really easy to do. Uh, you can chant the Hare Krishna mantra anywhere, everywhere. Um, and, and, and so on. So you've made it easy. And he says, Etadrisita Vakupa Bhagavan. And this, O Lord, is your mercy. So all of this is being given. You've given this, your spiritual potencies in these simple names and in, 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 in chanting or remembering those names. Very easy to do. And you've just given it to everybody. You can do this outside of India. Remember, everything outside of India is dirty. <laughs> well, it used to be when, when people from India would leave India and they come back, they have to undergo these huge purificatory ceremonies just for having left Punya Bhumi, you know, the, the pious land. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, so this is your mercy, but then, Mamapi Durdaivan, but my misfortune. My Durdaiva, Daiva means fortune or good fortune, but Durdaiva is bad fortune. Bad luck. Uh, is that, uh, is such that, Iha, in this holy name, Ajani na Anuraga, I'm no, have no attachment. So there's a, there's a, there, there's a, there's a contrast. The contrast is uh, Tava Kripa, your mercy, and Mama Durdaiva, my misfortune. You've done all this, you've out given me all this stuff, and still I'm not attached. No feeling uh, is there. I haven't achieved attachment. So that's why this stage is called the, this Anarta Nirvritti the removal of obstacles. And, and so here's this sense of, uh, first of all, this complete conviction that, yeah, I've really received the mercy of the Lord and been given a gift, and yet at the same time, I'm not worthy of it or capable of utilizing it. Uh, and so there's... Uh, and uh, in the in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, uh, uh, when Lord Chaitanya says this, he feels uh, grief and humility. These are the things that, that he feels. Uh, uh, and, and so here is the the for making spiritual progress. Uh, one begins to realize all one's defects. When the the consciousness starts to become clear, 
and you look at your own mind and you say, my God, this is what I'm like? Well, it's not you. The, I mean, the really good news is you're not your mind. <laughs> but you're in this... You, 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 I, I, I look at my mind and I say, look, my mind is so full of material desires and longings and vicious things and things I don't want. This is the word of an anartha, something I don't want. Uh, I'm full of them. How did I get that way? Well, I, you know, I really must have done something wrong. So th- this, this starts to become a thing that's revealed to us. Uh, in this stage and therefore I I should start to do certain things to remove these kinds of feelings and so this anatta nirvitti to unwanting things and this means uh, the rule that given to us is that we should chant or cultivate the holy name by trying to give up anarthas unwanted things and the, those anarthas are, first of all, offenses against the holy name. There's a list of offenses. Uh, and so one has to start to become careful. Uh, there's material desires. Now, it, it, it's, it's, not, it's not an offense to have material desires. That's just our unfortunate condition. And I should want to see those go away. If I maintain a material desire, then it becomes one of the offenses against the holy name. Uh, to maintain material desires, that means uh, that means I, I pray to Krishna, uh, please uh, uh, give me spiritual. Uh, please remove all my attachments except this one. This is my non-negotiable. This is my, my non-negotiable uh, 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 thing I, I, I don't want, you know. Uh, and, uh, and so one, one, ha- one has to then become a kind of uh, really uh, critical with one's own, and say, this is my misfortune. And this leads into the next verse, Trinada Pisuni, considering oneself lower than the straw on the street. Because the, the condition, finally, for now advancing in Krishna consciousness is humility. And this is a real dividing point because it's, this is where we really enter the total opposite of the material world, where the path of advancement is the path of pride. You know, there are hierarchies and you climb up the hierarchies. You know, you go to a higher and higher income bracket. If you're in the military, you get more and more ribbons to wear on your chest. You know, Washington, D.C., they, they have, if you go into any politicians or high-level bureaucrats' wall, they have what they call, one term is the wall of respect. They have their pictures with famous people. They have their letters of commendation. They have their uh, everything that shows what a big deal they are. The wall, huh? I work in a government agency, and 
the people that have, we call them the I love me wall. The I love me wall. And you should love me too, right? Because look what I have done, right? They're all there, right? Yeah. The military is really far out because if you know how to read the ribbons, my father was a career military officer. So you know how to read the ribbons? The whole guy's career is right in front of you, all the battles he's fought in, all the, the medals he won in. Oh, right on there, you know, <laughs> front of their uniforms. You know, this is like a, the I love me wall, you know, the wall of respect. They all have it. And so the path of the material world is the path of surprise. So, uh, pride. You're supposed to become bigger and better and figure out how you're better than everybody else in one way or another. And if you don't make it, then you become furious and angry and uh, you know, upset. And then you're always trying to bring other people down and put yourself up. But here, the path of advancement is the path of humility. And this is, this is what's in the second. Beginning to realize your own incapacities and inabilities. And to be frank about it. Uh, and, and so one, one of the things of a devotee who really wants to make an advancement is this charlata, this, 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 this honesty uh, about one's self uh, that, that is the condition for advancement, this frankness. And, and you can be frank because you have somehow you realize you have received Krishna's mercy. That's the first part of the verse. Whatever unworthiness I am, I have for some reason been given so much mercy. I have the holy name. I can sit down and chant. That means somehow or other, even though I have got all these bad things because I frankly turned away from Krishna, uh, Krishna hasn't turned away from me. And so therefore, there. And, and to me, what is the proof? How do I know that, that Krishna hasn't turned away from me? Well, when I look at what Prabhupada did to bring Krishna consciousness to the West and to me, he went through all kinds of trouble. And he did that on the order of his spiritual master and ultimately on the order of Krishna so that Krishna hasn't turned away. He's given me all the holy name and he's given me instructions how to do it. That's how much he cares for me. So I cannot think of myself as worthless. See, humility is very different from low self-esteem. Low self-esteem means uh, that... that, that, I, I, I can't stand it that I'm not somebody's big deal. So I've still got the pride underneath and I just want to have that to be somebody else or to be different than I am. Humility means I accept it. But I can't, I'm not allowed to think I'm worthless because somehow or other Krishna sees something that he wants to save. And that's the me. And I've certainly, from having turned away from Krishna for so many lifetimes, I'm carrying all this garbage around. Because when we change bodies, you know, we bring our mind with us. Flag it or not. When, as you know, Shakespeare put it, we shuffle off the mortal coil. We only shuffle off one. The other mortal coil is still around us. That's the mind. Uh, 
Because liberation means liberation from the subtle body. Death is the liberation from the gross body, but you carry the other one with us. So that's how that's that's this is the stage of making further advancement now. Is the stage of uh, recognizing Krishna's mercy and at the same time recognizing my own unworthiness. And, and so now at this point, I should try now to cultivate and remove myself of all kinds of unarthas, unwanted things, and, and work towards seeing those things go away. Uh, and uh, uh, that, that will be the step now for making the next uh, level of uh, spiritual uh, uh, spiritual uh, uh, progress, this anarta nirvritti, uh, the diminishing of all want unwanted habits. It says here that should go away. Uh, so th- those are those are sins. Uh, those are offenses. Any anything that impedes our advancement. But this, this, this can only be undertaken if I begin to develop uh, actual humility. And of course, there are many people I've encountered in the Krishna consciousness movement who think that, you know, becoming, you know, uh, you know uh, temple president, uh, a GBC, a sannyasi, a guru, you know, that, that was their idea of advancement. And I've saw, seen what happened to just about everybody who's like that. Uh, it, it doesn't hold up. Because they're still, you're still thinking this. And of course, a, you know, an institution, once you have some kind of power and position, uh, my, in fact, I would say my diagnosis of what uh, is wrong with human society is simply the abuse of power in, in any sphere. Because, because if you're a parent, you have power over your children. You can't help but not have power over your children. They need to be taken care of. You abuse that power, then things go wrong. Uh, and people differ in their powers of actions. Some have more powers of actions than others. That's why you end up having hierarchies. But any abuse of that power uh, causes damage. And that can happen in spiritual organizations as well as as anything, anywhere there's power. And so that one has to think that if I do have any power over other people or resources, it's not mine. You know, that's one of the anarthas. Uh, I am the doer. Kartamiti uh, manyate, uh, Krishna says that. I am the doer. Aham mamahamiti manyate. They think I am the doer and everything belongs to me. Uh, these are the things that are described in the literature as the things to be overcome, this idea. Uh, and so. In, in spiritual activities, you can do great things, but you never think I've done it. 
And, 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 and Srila Prabhupada was like that. You know, we look at, at least for me, I look at what Srila Prabhupada did, you know, after kind of his spiritual master's own institution collapsed and failed. It was oh, heading toward a big thing. They sent preachers uh, in, uh, in, in 1933 uh, uh, to Europe, and they were planning to go on to America, and they were going to have a step temple in London. It was already had the money for it and everything, and then Bhaktisiddhanta left his body, and the whole thing collapsed. But it started collapsing before he left his body. Because uh, they begin to get resources, and they begin to, like, want to control them. Uh, was what was, was what happened. And they started to have money. I mean, there was a, a huge expansion. You know, Bhaktisiddhanta starts really in 1922, and ten years later, there are temples all over India and people on, on, on their way to London. You know, like an amazing uh, achievement in a very short time. And then his leaders began to fight each other for the resources. He called his main preacher from London back, told the Maharaj of Jaipur, the Maharaj of... Tripura, yeah, the mayor of Tripura was going to fund this temple in London, said, don't give him any money. And then the whole thing fell apart. They fell into warring factions. They went, uh, you know, built up uh, huge stacks of law papers assuming each other for possession of, of properties. Uh, and then so when Prabhupada went to the West, like he was told to do, he had to do it all by himself. And then in a very short time, we had temples all over the world. Uh, probably, and so that was quite an achievement, Prabhupada. Here's his own self, how he sees it. He said, when I was a young man, my spiritual master ordered me to preach in the West. But I was so attached to family life, I couldn't do anything. And I was so entangled. Uh, so finally, uh, by his mercy, in my old age, I am 70 now, and I was 22 or something, he told me to preach in the West. Now I'm trying to do something for my spiritual master. And probably said this way, well, let me see, I'll try something, see what happens, he says. I'll do something to satisfy my, my spiritual master. And he says, I couldn't do very much, but then he sent you American boys and girls, and because you're helping me, now I can finally, in my old age, at the fag end of my life, do something to make my spiritual master happy, so now I have to thank you more. That's his attitude. And then he, when he was said that, he started to cry. And so that's very advanced. But <laughs> because he said, thing, I didn't do a thing, you know? I saw, I'm just doing what my spiritual master wanted, and I waited so long. Of course, I mean, Krishna's in charge of timing. I, I always imagine what happened if Prabhupada showed up like in 1952, you know, something like that. You know. He came at the right time, so they had to keep him on ice for a while until the time was right. But, but uh, anyway, that's that's what happened. So the, 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 this 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 is the the, the, the attitude this this attitude of, of contrition. Uh, uh, and, and unworthiness that is, is very good. Now, when it happens, I, 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 I,
tell you another story because because it just increases my own faith in the process. Um, it, it's it, it is, at a certain point. Uh, uh, I really got the idea of how to chant the Hare Krishna mantra. And I, I started to really try to see because because when chanting the Hare Krishna Maha mantra. The, be- the beginning of becoming free from the offenses is just while you're chanting is to pay attention. Because the first, the, the, the Bhakti Thakur says, the offense that is at the root of all the other offenses, that's the soil in which they grow, is uh, pramadaha, inattentiveness while chanting. So here is a, a, a classic uh, yoga idea of concentrating the mind while controlling the senses. This is what yoga is supposed to do. And so, while chanting the holy names, while chanting japa, it's very good for paying attention because, you know, it's a limited uh, arena for action. Uh, Really, there's just three things on stage. You, your mind, and the holy names. And then you just pay attention. Uh, and as you start chanting the Hare Krishna mantra, you find the mind wanders. If we just let it wander, as people have said to me, I get so many good ideas when I chant. <laughs> if you just let it wander, then that's offensive chanting. Uh, if you, when you notice it's wandered and you bring it back, you playing respect to the holy name, just disrespect of paying attention. Just giving attention to somebody is respecting them. So, so you, you, you give attention to the holy name. Uh, then again the mind wanders, you bring it back. If we start doing that, we find out we are really locked in a kind of a death struggle or something with our mind because it keeps wanting to go somewhere else and we have to keep bringing it back. That's chanting on the clearing stage. The stage in which these offenses, unwanted things are being removed. And on that clearing stage of chanting, the, 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 these anarthas go away. Uh, it's not the pure stage. but it, it's, it's, And what's manifest is not the pure name. What's manifested is the dawning light of this name, this Nam Abasa. Abasa means twilight or half light. Uh, it's compared to, to the morning twilight. And, and, and so the, when you're, we're in the clearing stage, the, 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 the sun hasn't shined, the holy name hasn't arisen, but the dawning light of the name is there. And Haridas Thakur says, merely this dawning light of the holy name destroys all sins and begins to destroy offenses. It gets rid of the bad things. Just as Ramadasa. This was recounted in Chaitanya Charitamrita. The pure name and the fruit of clearing of this, this Namavasa is mukti, it's liberation. The pure name arises, then Krishna Prema is the result. 
he gives the example of this Namabasa in the morning twilight. You're in the woods. And the wood is a woods are a dangerous place, the forest. There's wild animals. Uh, there's ghosts, hobgoblins, you know, all those kind of things. Bhutas, Pratas, Pisachas. Uh, and, 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 and robbers, dacoits, thieves. So the forest is dangerous. Just the dawning, the, 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 the dawning twilight makes the forest safe. The, 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 uh, the, the robbers and thieves go back to their highlight, their, their, their hideouts, and, and the, the wolves and the foxes, they go back to their, their layers of dens, and, and, and the, you know, Dracula goes back into his coffin, and the werewolf turns back and, you know, becomes safe. So that same way, this dawning light of the Holy Name destroys all these things. So it's very easy, if, while you're chanting Hare Krishna, to get on that platform of just simply starting with this paying attention. You, you just pay attention to the Holy Name, give it the courtesy of your Holy Name, uh, of your, the Holy Name, the courtesy of your attention, and things begin to happen. Anyway, I started doing this. You know, I kind of, in those days, you had to figure it out for yourself. Uh, mostly in most temples at that time in ISKCON, most people thought you sitting down and chanting your job in the morning was something you had to do to get out to the real business of book distribution or preaching or something like that, you know? Just get through it. So I realized it was a thing in itself and you, you had to, you, had to uh, you know, to do this. Uh, and then the first thing that I began to feel when I was paying attention to the Holy Name was distress, a, ki a kind of a mental unease. And I thought, why is this happening? You know, because everybody, chant and be happy was our, was our motto, you know? Chant and be happy. Uh, and you're supposed to feel bliss, you know? And, and, and here I'm chanting, paying attention for the first time, really trying to pay attention, and I'm starting to feel somewhere inside this, this kind of distress or unease. And I didn't know what it was. And I didn't even have anybody I could ask about. Uh, so I, I, I decided that I would just put up with it. This is an act of faith, right? I would just put up with it and see what happened. And so that kind of feeling of distress and unease increased. And, 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 and I, what is this? I didn't know, you know. And so, but I just put up with it. And then one day, all of a sudden, it was like somebody opened a fire hydrant or something, or pulled a plug, and this unease turned into grief, and it came pouring out from someplace deep inside me. I didn't even know it was there. This huge amount of grief. A very active, violent grief, and, and, and I knew immediately what it was—that I had turned away from Krishna and come to the material world. And I saw this for what it was—that Krishna was wonderful, good, nothing but kind, 
And I left him anyway. And it seemed to me to be the most horrible and despicable crime anyone could do. And I was in a state, and it was all like that grief was always inside me, and I didn't, wasn't, how you could have that feeling you don't feel, but that's what it was like, you know? It was, it, it was inside, and it came out. And as, as it came out, the next thing I had, uh, I mean, it took me several days, I kept going through this, you know, I mean, and I couldn't say a word to anybody about it. Because first of all, I thought this no everybody else. I was like the only one. You know, everybody else was so much more advanced and this was about me that I didn't belong in the Hare Krishna movement and somehow, you know, I was here. But then the next thing happened is I began to feel gratitude. That in spite of having turned away from Krishna I, I process that I've done this horrible thing, I recognize, I acknowledge it, but the thing that happened, I'm chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. How did that happen? Well, because Krishna didn't turn away from me. And then came the very overwhelming sense of gratitude. Now, these things happened, I wasn't prepared for it, I wasn't conscious of it, I didn't know about it, no one told me I was going to go through this. So that really increased my faith because that was my first kind of real spiritual experience that based upon, upon chanting, that that happened to me. Uh, and, and therefore I could understand. And I, by the way, I didn't speak about this for years. You know, it was like my dirty secret <laughs> that I was somehow an interloper into the Hare Krishna movement. And I didn't really understand it uh, until the year 2000, really, when I started studying the Shishastika prayers again and reading this commentary by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Uh, and, and then re- also reading the Chaitanya Charitamrita again, where these are described. And when Lord Chaitanya recited this prayer, he felt this lamentation, vishada and dainya, he felt lamentation. And I thought, my God, it's bona fide. <laughs> and then I thought, well, I can talk about it a little bit, you know. It's bona fide. Anyway, that was my own experience. And it's funny, you're expecting spiritual experiences, and the first thing you have and you think it's not, it's just like grief. <laughs> like that. So I thought, it's bona fide. It's right there in the Chaitanya. I just had, again, you can see it without noticing it, you know. I, I, I noticed that's what he felt. And actually, as he goes on, it kind of increases this, at least humility. And that's the, the next prayer is this expression of profound humility. Um, so anyway, anyway so sometimes if you invest this faith, you find out things happen. Not what, at least that's not what I expected. Because we were all in that chanting, be happy, Haribo, Haribo, you know. <laughs> Which I, it's not wrong, but anyway. <laughs> uh, what, what, what I went through, anyway. Okay, well. Any um, questions or whatever else? Comments or anything? Mm-hmm. So, to me, it kind of seems like there's a component of repentance in this. Yeah, exactly. It's, 
Yeah, you have, you have to say, yeah. The, the, the classical thing in Christianity, you know, repent and, you know. Confess. Confess, confess, all those things are there. I mean, Christianity, uh, you know, for a, if you do it, it's there. But at least the Christianity I grew up with, people would regularly repent and confess and accept Jesus and the Christmas Savior and do it as personal Savior, do it next year and next year and next year. And they didn't seem to change much. <laughs> you know, uh, that was my experience. Uh, and, uh, you know. I, I agree that seems to be that seems to be the difference that it's focused on progress along a path and not just the faith or not just the practice, but both together feeding mm-hmm. on each exactly. other to yeah. make to make progress. That you, mm-hmm. it's okay to doubt. It's okay to it's okay to do that. Then you test and then you strengthen. That's right. You know, um, but the other side of the sort of repentance that I think is interesting here is this note of the note of hopefulness that it's not the sort of. Yeah. Ego serving. Oh, I'm so bad and I'm so horrible. And I, you know, I just must beat myself up over everything. Yeah, I'm bad. <laughs> and you have this sort of freaking bad. <laughs> it is this sort of. It's almost. It's a prideful thing too that you you're still looking to this prideful goal and you haven't made it, so uh-huh. you're just going to beat yourself up, beat yourself up. But there's this other side of it, this more positive, hopeful side. Yeah, exactly. It was instructive to hear that explanation of the difference between humility and low, low self-esteem. self-esteem. Right. That low self-esteem focuses mm-hmm. on that negativity, but you're still mired in the pride and in the mm-hmm. ego. But when you, when it becomes a more matter-of-fact acceptance of limitations in the face of this more positive, hopeful move forward, mm-hmm. um, it's something completely different and and constructive, which I think is good because in, when faced with, you know rules and practices and, and a structure that is is perhaps difficult by nature because it kind of has to be if you're going to test that mm-hmm. faith and go forward and do it. It's easy to get mired down in the whole, oh, mm-hmm. I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do the other. Mm-hmm. But there's that hopeful side to look to as well. Yeah, I, to, to me, if, if you, you're, you're intended spiritual progress, and there may be all kinds of different obstacles and difficulties in your situation in life, but to me, is that Krishna will always let you know the next step. And you just have to do the next step. <laughs> Otherwise, you look at the whole thing and go, ah! <laughs> But, but, but as, as we advance in Krishna consciousness, we start to see. First, you don't see Krishna directly. But you start to see the, the hand of Krishna at work. And it's, it, just that is amazing in itself, uh, and, and is is really quite quite wonderful. And th- and that that's that's how people like like Srila Prabhupada could go, go on and on. You know, I mean, he never had excuse, he's one obstacle after another. And I, why those obstacles are there, I have no idea. But by overcoming obstacles, you do become stronger, and. and you saw because the, the obstacles were like mission impossible practically how to get this bunch of people that came to him to begin with to become devotees who could do something was just amazing and, and I know from having met some of Prabhupada's godbrothers that if the people that showed up to Prabhupada showed up to them they would look somewhere else 
Because these were people, their, their hair was down to their waist, their, their blue jeans would stand up by themselves at night, you know, they, I mean, these were like not the kind of high-class cultivated people that people were looking for in the beginning. That's what they were, you know, they, this was... When you see the kind of literature that Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati had to bring to London, and pro the expectation that this is such a high cultural project, only the educated elite will accept it, that isn't what showed up. And he just didn't, okay, this is what Krishna said, let me do it. You know? And that's something that happened. You, it, you, you know, it's, it's, these things are like, you can see the hand of Krishna moving, uh, and in very specific ways, too. I mean, I've seen some things happen where we've been really danger with, like, uh, the one thing that needs to happen so like <laughs> and therefore that's why faith increases it's still faith but it's it's it's, it's grounded faith you know there's some some of the reason for it it's not irrational and crazy faith I mean, some people's idea of, uh, of an investment is to buy a lottery card. You know, that's crazy. <laughs> I know, my luck will be different. <laughs> it's interesting, too, how your faith can be tested yeah. in different circumstances of feeling, you know, one moment you might be thinking, okay, I'm really dedicating myself to this, I really have faith in this process, and then your life might present other obstacles yeah, and all of a sudden you're thinking well I gotta have this and this and this in order to continue on my spiritual life or mm. whatever it is and realize you know, where am I placing my faith in this situation it's not that you don't have some bad nights you know or whatever when you things look like not working out we don't know how we're going to go forward I don't know what's going to happen next mm -hmm. it, it, will, it will seem like that but then so far something's always happened <laughs> There was one other thing you said that was interesting along that, and it's sort of, this is not what you said, but this is sort of what I thought. It's it's taking the long-term view and sort of mm. looking at the long game. Like, you might have a step back, and that, oh, it was that you might have a step back, but all of your progress doesn't get wiped off. Yeah. You know, you, you always have that to start from again, and when you go back to it, you know, things are that much more familiar and that much mm -hmm. easier. Mm -hmm. Not even thinking, okay, where do we start again in our next yeah. life, but... Where do we start again in this, this life? life we yeah, encounter exactly. obstacles, so you don't yeah. you don't lose anything by you don't lose anything by trying. You don't you know you don't have to lament for the time lost because if you take the long term view, this is a multi lifetime process, and we don't have to you know we don't have to think about things in those kind of terms. Yeah, and it's it, it, it's pretty pretty easy to take up again. You know, the process itself is really simple. There's you, your mind, and the holy name. You know, there's, you know, you can, somewhere that you can connect and start doing something. Or just associate with people who encourage you in your spiritual life, or get away from somebody. That's <laughs> often the case. Yeah, yeah. And you'll see what it is. Krishna will let you know. Anything else? Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you.